As educators, we know the importance of inclusion and celebrating diversity, but how good of a job are we doing with this through our podcast? Jocelyn Hubbard is on the show today to share about podcasting through an inclusive and equitable lens. She shares what equity is, why diversity and inclusion in podcasting is so important, and some key things to ask yourself when auditing your own podcast and content creation. This is an incredibly important conversation and one that I hope you take some time to reflect on after listening. I think most of us can do a better job of doing things like diversifying our feeds, getting in conversation with guests of all backgrounds, and learning from educators with different perspectives than our own, myself included. I know that all of us are going to take away something from this episode, and what's really important is what we do with this information and the action that follows. After listening today, I would love for you to send Jocelyn and I a message on Instagram to share your takeaways from this episode. I'm going to link her Instagram and all of the resources that we mentioned in the show notes for today's episode. A quick background on Jocelyn. Jocelyn Hubbard helps teachers spark joy during the learning experience by creating an inclusive and welcoming classroom environment for all students. She's the founder and managing director of Custom Teaching Solutions, LLC, and the host of the Culture-Centered Classroom Podcast. She has 17 years of experience in education as an educator, speaker, professional development creator, and facilitator. Driven by a passion to see the diverse people of our world feel welcomed, affirmed, and celebrated, she provides training on cultural competency, centering equity, and celebrating diversity in education. As a wife and mother of five, her goals include squeezing in time for exercise, finding moments of joy each day, and parenting each of her children as unique individuals. I'll see you inside the episode. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business, but how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. Jocelyn, welcome to Podcasting for Educators. Thank you so very much for being here with us today. Thank you, Sarah. I am. We we just had a little chat before we jumped on here, and I am just so grateful that you are taking the time to have this conversation. We are going to be talking all about podcasting with an inclusive and equitable lens, which is something that we have not covered on this podcast, unfortunately. And I know it's going to be an important conversation for me to have, and I know that it's going to be important for all of you who are listening as well. So again, thank you for being here. And I would love to, before we kind of get into the main topic of today's conversation, I would love for you to just give people a little background of you, your background in education, and and what you do currently to support educators, because you do some really incredible and impactful work. So. Just give us a little little bit about you. Well, thank you for saying that, Sarah. And I am excited to be on your podcast today. I love listening to your podcast. I get a wealth of knowledge for myself, but I definitely have a heart and a passion for talking about equity and diversity and cultural awareness. And it is important 
in every space. I mean, every conversation is an equity conversation. Every conversation should be viewed through a lens of cultural awareness. So what I do is I am the founder and the CEO of Custom Teaching Solutions. I'm also the host of the Culture Centered Classroom podcast. And in both of those spaces, my goal is to equip and to empower educators so that they can be successful on their journey towards supporting all of their students to be celebrated, to be welcomed, to feel included in the learning space. And the way that I do that is by sharing my information, my research that I've done around cultural competency, around teaching and instructing through an equity lens, as well as what it looks like to truly authentically celebrate diversity. So I lead professional development workshops as well as coach teachers all around the country at this point. And so I'm really excited about the way that my business has grown and how my podcast gets to support educators on their journey. Yeah, that's amazing. I before I started my business, I worked in a Title I school and it was extremely diverse. And I remember one of the trainings that we had sounds very similar to what you do and the trainings that you provide. And it was one of the most powerful trainings that I've ever gone through. So I love the work that you're doing. And this conversation really stemmed from a conversation that we had on Instagram. And I am just going to be a little vulnerable for a minute and tell everybody kind of where this came from, because I think it's important. And I know that I am not the only one who, once I tell you this story, you'll probably, there's probably going to be many of you who who might think about some of the things that you've put together, the content that you've put together. I had recently come out with a new course, an audio course, and I had some guest trainers in there. And I, on my Instagram stories, had asked if anybody had any questions. And I got onto Instagram and I saw that Jocelyn had sent me a question saying, do you have any people of color as guest trainers? And I read that question and I was like, my goodness, I do not. Everybody who was included in the trainings was white. And that led to Jocelyn and I having this conversation. And that led to her coming on this podcast today because whether it is a course that you've created, a virtual summit that you're putting together, or your guests that you have on your podcast or the content that you talk about on your podcast, it is so important that we are including people of all backgrounds and representing a wide variety of people and giving everybody that chance to tell their stories and share their voices. And so that led to Jocelyn coming on today and being willing to talk to us about this because it just made me realize how how much work I have to do in this area and how much I would love to put more time and and have more diverse guests on my show. And if you have a podcast, that's a great place to start. So I know that a lot of you can also benefit from this conversation and learning about how you can make your podcast more inclusive as well. So I'd love to start with this idea of, of equity. Can you kind of, let's get to the basics here and just define what that means. I can. And that's a great question. So I just kind of want to, I want to continue what you just started before I define equity. 
because this is a podcast where you are supporting educators who have a podcast, it's even more important, I think, than in some other spaces. I mean, as I said, equity should be a conversation that everyone is having and doing, being their life should be through an equity lens, but especially for educators, because the traditional definition of equity, if we're thinking about it in education, and I'm pulling this definition from the National Equity Project from their website, it says that educational equity means that each child receives what they need to develop their full academic and social potential. And then I'm just going to read another definition from the RAND Corporation, and it says that educational equity is fair and just access to the support and resources necessary to achieve a student's full academic and social potential. So if we are educators who have podcasts supporting classroom teachers, school principals, instructional coaches who are engaging with our students, and the goal is always to ensure that the students are receiving an equitable learning opportunity and that we're creating an equitable learning space, then we have to be getting our information from a wide variety of sources. On Instagram, I posted a couple of weeks ago, I think I said, you're teaching black and brown students, but are you learning from black and brown scholars? And I want to be very clear that diversity is not just about our skin color, right? It's not just like, oh, I'm black and you're white and we're diverse and we're different from each other or I'm diverse because I'm black. No, no, everyone is diverse. You would never sit in a room full of white identifying people and say, we are all the same because you're not. You were raised in a different household. You could possibly have different religious beliefs. You were raised in a different part of the country. It's silly to say, oh gosh, I teach diverse children because they're Black or because they're Hispanic or because they're Asian. No, every person is diverse. So it's even more important for us as educators with podcasts that are supporting teachers who teach children that we are sending into a diverse world, a world with people that have diverse perspectives, that we are also including the voices of diverse scholars, diverse thought leaders into the space of our podcast. Yes, very well said. And I I love those definitions. And I think you're exactly right. This conversation is extremely important because it's really a chain reaction. Like if you are serving teachers, then your content is not only serving teachers, but it's also serving their students. And so it makes it that much more important to have all of these types of people represented on your show and in your resources and in your content. So if somebody is listening and they are doing some reflection on their show, what are some things that they could, like what are some questions they could ask themselves? What are some things that they could consider if they're doing kind of like, you know, a little audit of their podcast on this topic that we are discussing right now? What could they be thinking about and how could they make some changes if they're realizing that they're really not making their podcast an inclusive place? Great question. The first place is always to start with yourself. So when I'm leading workshops, when I'm coaching teachers, many times we want to go straight to this conversation of equity and getting our students what they need. 
but you can't create, you can't effectively create an equitable learning space until you have gone through this process of becoming culturally competent. And that's a really big phrase that means identifying who you are, understanding your beliefs, your traditions, your behaviors, and kind of how you got that way. We as educators teach a certain way because we were taught a certain way. We teach a certain way because when we were in undergrad or when we were going through our MAT program, the instructors gave us guidance on how to teach. Now, I will say that I think we learn more about what teaching is than actually how to teach in undergrad and in MAT programs, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. But essentially, yeah, it's a whole, whole other conversation, but essentially <laughs> we are the way that we are because of our lived experiences. When you are thinking, let's say that you're an English teacher and, you, and you're thinking, gosh, I want to teach a book that really is going to get the kids excited about reading. Typically, you go back in your mind to a book that got you excited about reading. And so then you go pull Little Women off the bookshelf, or you go pull The Great Gatsby off the bookshelf, or you go pull Ethan Frome off the bookshelf. You can tell I'm an English teacher, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess I didn't share at the beginning. I taught language (laughs) arts and social studies for seven years in the classroom. I worked for Scholastic and HMH as a literacy consultant. Oh, wow. And then I shifted into this space of having my own business. My mother, who passed away seven years ago, was was the impetus for that. She was my first teacher, my first inspiration. And she said, Jocelyn, teachers need what it is that you are offering. And you don't need somebody to validate you as far as like a big company to say, now you're qualified to go do this. You can go do this thing on your own. So mm-hmm. sorry, that was kind of like a little aside there. But no, I love that. As an English teacher, when I was reflecting, yeah, I went back to the things that I experienced. And I just had a love of reading. But when I talked to my husband, he was telling me how he didn't even discover that he loved reading until after he graduated college. You know why? Because every single book that was placed in front of him had white characters and white males mostly. And he's like, cool. Not that I don't think that those stories are important, but can we also get a little bit of a story of with someone that looks like me? The only time he saw that was, it was in his own household when his mother brought that to him or when his father or one of his aunts. So Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is that the first step is to look in the mirror is to ask yourself, who am I and why am I the way that I am? The good parts and the bad parts, right? Like we live in a beautiful and broken world and we are beautiful and broken people. We, we each have these very nuanced stories. So searching out who you are, why do you teach the way that you teach? Why do you facilitate the way that you facilitate? Why do you pull these stories and these examples and this? Why do you lean toward this teaching style? And once you have done that, then you you're also you also become aware of the scholars and the heroes, the people that you look to for the answers. And when you do that, you start to see that all of those people look the same. And that is how you get to the guests that are on your podcast, right? You say, I am on Instagram searching out people. And if all of the people that you follow on Instagram or the majority of the people that you follow on Instagram 
or in all the podcasting spaces, if they all look the same, I would ask myself, why? Why am I not in more diverse spaces? Mm-hmm. Why do I not surround myself with diverse voices and perspectives? So that's the first step. And then the next step is to say, okay, I'm aware of this now. And yes, is there the possibility that you might feel some shame or some guilt? Absolutely. But what I want to encourage is that you don't sit there. You don't sit there. That you move into action because we cannot change the past. All we can do is learn from it and we can move forward. So that's why I'm here today (laughs) is to encourage you in that space. And in that way, there is no judgment. There's just awareness and then there's action. So the action is to enter some spaces where you're going to hear more diverse voices because they are out there. So going into different podcasting, Facebook groups, and looking specifically for the diverse voices. There are groups on Instagram. There is the Black Podcasters group. There is the Women of Color Podcasters group on Instagram. In addition to that, if you're just trying to find people to be guests on your podcast, not necessarily those that have their own podcast, again, diversify your feed. Diversify your feed. It should be little mini PD is the way that I look at my Instagram. I am constantly learning from the people around me. So hearing from these different voices on Instagram, then you message them and you say, oh my gosh, I love what you are sharing. And I would truly appreciate you sharing that message with my audience on my podcast. I haven't had a a situation where someone has just been like, no, it might take a long time for us to connect because everyone has busy schedules where we know how (laughs) it is in education. But eventually we are able to connect and then that, that person is able to share their heart and they give me a different perspective. Because here's the thing too, is that my black is not the same as somebody else's black. When I was a classroom teacher, I taught in the South, but I was raised up North and in the Midwest. And those are two different cultural perspectives. (laughs) I don't care if you are the same skin color, right? I identify as a Christian, but Southern Baptist, honey, that's a whole (laughs) other thing. So you you see what I'm saying? It's like we we get caught up in this idea that culture and diversity is simply race or ethnicity. And it is not, Mm -hmm. it really isn't, but It is important to consider those things, especially when you want to tap into the different lived experiences. You can't just say, oh, well, yes, all white people, all black people, all whatever are diverse. And so it's fine that I only have this one, (laughs) this one kind of visual look. No, no, we need to shift it up, shake it up, bring some other voices. Yes. Fantastic. I, I think diversifying your feed and where you're hanging out online is a great first step that all of us can take. She Podcasts is another, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're another group that is women, but they put a really big emphasis on diversity and they they do a big conference yearly as well, which is a cool place to go and actually meet people in person that you may not have, have met otherwise and to make some really great connections that way. But we will link all of those accounts in the show notes. Now, a big question that I have is, I know that there are podcasters who could be listening to this and saying that they 
are loving what they're hearing and they really want to do a better job and and have these conversations with people, but they are a solo podcast and they don't have guests on their show. Do you have any suggestions for them as far as how they could represent diversity on their podcast without having a guest on? Absolutely. We are all sharing strategies, pieces of pedagogy that come from somewhere else. Making sure that one, you're always citing your sources because that's what we do in education for sure, right? As we cite our sources, but ensuring that the research that you are pulling from comes from a diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. That is something that I literally just had to do for myself. So when I always tell people like, I'm your partner on this journey because I'm not, I haven't arrived. I am not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And when I looked at who I was turning to, to get my information, the majority of the people were black women because Mm -hmm. of course, right. I want, like, I felt like that was a huge gap in my learning experience. And so I was hungry to hear the voices of black women to affirm me and to make sure that I was represented. But I said, you know what? There are so many children out there and I need to, if I'm going to be standing on this foundation of cultural awareness and diversity and equity, then I have to live that out. So then now I'm looking specifically to find Hispanic, Latinx researchers. I'm looking specifically to find researchers of Asian descent, right? And understanding that Asia is a whole continent. So are there some Chinese American people that are doing this work of equity? And the answer is absolutely yes, right? Am I finding some Japanese American or people that still live in Japan, but they are sharing their research on education? Am I looking at the continent of Africa and saying, am I pulling research from Eritrea, from South Africa, from Ghana? How am I diversifying my research base and then sharing that out? Because when we look at our metrics as podcasters, you can see where people are listening to your podcast. And I know that I have people all over the world that are listening to my podcast. So I want to be affirming them and letting them know that there are researchers from their country that live on that continent where they are that are doing great work too. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that if you are a solo podcaster, that you can make sure that the information that you're sharing is very diverse, very robust, and it speaks to a number of the listeners that you have. Yes, that's perfect. And I think especially for a lot of, like I'm thinking of a lot of the podcasters that I know in the education space who are often sharing books that these teachers can use in their classroom. So making sure that you are sharing a diverse range of books by diverse authors who represent children in these books from all kinds of backgrounds, as well as, I mean, getting your listeners involved too. Like even if you are a solo podcaster, you can have, because like you just said, that's a great point. If you look at your host and if you've never done this, go inside of your host and most of them in the stat section will show you how wide of a listenership you have from all around the world, which is so cool to just take a minute and think about, first of all, is like all of these people are listening. You have this platform that can be really, really powerful. And 
you can even like you can feature your listeners. You can have them send in photos of who they are. You can have them send in voice messages sharing their experiences from wherever it is that they're teaching or who you know whoever your audience is. So I think you're right. I think there's so many ways that you can do this even if you are a solo podcaster. Absolutely. So You've mentioned your podcast a few times. Can you tell us just a little bit more about your podcast and like what kinds of topics you cover and all of that? Yes. So as I said, my podcast is called The Culture-Centered Classroom. And although it has classroom in the title, it really is for people in all spaces in education. What I share on the podcast are pieces of pedagogy because I truly believe that in order to create a welcoming and inclusive space, that we need to be creating one that is culturally responsive and creating lessons that are culturally relevant, creating discipline and policies that is culturally relevant. So my work primarily stands on the shoulders of people like Dr. Gloria Ladson-Billings, Dr. Geneva Gay, Dr. Goldie Muhammad. These are people that have defined, that have pioneered some of these terms. So I am centering my work around that and helping teachers to understand what it means to truly be culturally responsive. Because the thing is that Dr. Gloria Ladson-Billings has said this, Zaretta Hammond has also said this, that all instruction is culturally responsive. It's just a matter of whose culture is it responding to. So that's why I said that the very first part of, I guess, podcasting through an equity lens is assessing your own cultural beliefs and behaviors because that's why you teach the way that you do. When you set up the expectations in your classroom or at your school, it's because you've been taught that this is the expectation. You've been taught that this is the definition of success. And when you start to break that down, then you can see that, oh my gosh, that's not the definition of success for everyone. It's just not. Everyone doesn't have a desire to go to a four-year institution. Everyone doesn't have a desire to be a parent. Everyone doesn't have a desire to whatever the thing. But we are all raised kind of with this idea of what success is, what it means to be good, to be upright, to live a productive life, to be a good citizen. And all of those things impact what we then project on our students. So these are the things that that I share on my podcast and asking a lot of very reflective questions to get people thinking about their own lenses. Uh, one of my most recent podcast episodes was called Perspective is Your Superpower. The more perspective we can bring into our space, the better educators we are. We just are. I need to understand where you're coming from, what your lens is. Otherwise, how can I be upset when you're not engaged in the lesson that I'm teaching? Mm -hmm. I'm upset that you're not engaged in a lesson that is literally boring and holds no value to you. I've not connected the dots. I've not said to you, hey, this lesson is going to help you discover more of who you are as a person and who you hope to become in the future. I'm not dictating to you who you need to become. I'm asking you, who do you want to become? And all of these different texts are going to give you perspective. All of these different lessons are going to give you perspective. So it can feel overwhelming at times 
But what I try to do on my podcast is make it much more simple, I guess, not easy, but much more simple to give a very clear path of what this process looks like of becoming and remaining culturally competent because it's an ongoing journey. And then really shifting into this space where you are leading or coaching or teaching through an equity lens and then truly authentically celebrating diversity with this expanded definition, not this very narrow view that diversity and culture is only for other people, people with skin tones that don't look like mine, because that's not it. Yes. And I I think even people, you know, there's so many different parts of even if we're just talking about the United States, like depending on where you grew up or depending on where you went to school or where you might be teaching right now, you might not be in a very diverse area, but we have, that's the powerful thing about all of this technology and the online space is that we do now have the ability to learn from so many different kinds of people and connect with so many different kinds of people and get in conversation with them and ask the tough questions because they are big, tough questions, but they are so, so important. And I really hope that this conversation today is sparking that in you and forcing you to kind of think about this and and do some reflection and think about like you said I love how you how you worded this earlier if shame comes up it's that awareness like you are now aware of this and now what action can you take to change this moving forward because we do have like I said earlier a very powerful platform as podcasters and you have no idea we know a little bit but we don't know the full extent of who is listening and even if you don't feel like there's that many people listening there are and we have we are in a position where we can make a big difference and change the types of people that we're having conversation with and expand that even if it is different than what we're used to i think that social media and I guess even even podcasting, right? But I think it really started with social media. Podcasting is becoming more and more popular over mm-hmm. over the years. But we are in this in this society now where we don't always value the number one. We don't value the number two or five. And what I mean by that is, if you were to walk into a room mm. and there were five people in the room, you'd be like okay, cool. How can I have a meaningful conversation with all five of those people? And you would feel great after having a meaningful conversation with five people. But because social media, we feel like, well, if there are not 2,000, 2 million people that are listening to our podcast or that are following us on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever, then, okay, well then, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Like our conversation isn't worthy or what we're saying isn't worthy. I totally agree. I feel like we've just become so numb to these huge numbers. And I can't tell you how many times a podcaster has come to me and said, I only have 300 downloads. And I'm like, are you kidding me? First of all, just from like a data perspective, that's actually way above average. (laughs) But regardless, 300 people, that's a lot of people that you have influence yeah. over when you are getting onto your podcast every single week. 
So I couldn't agree yes. more. So I definitely want to encourage, just continue to encourage everyone that is listening that you are amazing. You are brave. You are bold for stepping into this space and using your voice. So now I just, I would just encourage you to elevate it, to elevate the space that you are occupying, to elevate the capacity that your listeners have to learn and to grow by using this equity lens, right? Because sometimes we say, okay, doing this with an equity lens. And a friend of mine pointed this out to me. She was like, Jocelyn, we have to be be careful with that, saying that we're doing this thing with an equity lens, because that means we can do it without it. And we Mm -hmm. never want to do without it. So we want to be podcasting through an equity lens, because that means it is ever present. We are constantly thinking about the teachers that we serve, the principals that we serve, the students that we serve and thinking about what it is that they need. And yeah, we don't always know specifically unless we've done a survey because Sarah always recommends that we survey (laughs) our our audience and we do want to do that. So that's a great way to find out. But being able to, to really speak to different types of people and meet them where they are to help them meet the needs of their students, of the communities that they serve. It's so, so important to be doing this through an equity lens. So I just want to recap. Yes. Some of the steps are the first is to dive into and to develop cultural competence, which just means thinking about your identity. What is your race? Yes, your religion, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation. Where do you live? How old are you? All of these things impact your lenses through which you view the world, through which you are viewing education, through which you are viewing the classroom and the students and what they need. So once you get clarity on some of those things, then you can say, okay, that has been the foundation through which or by which I have been deciding how to share information. So let me make sure that I am getting different perspectives And one of the best ways to do that is to diversify your feed. It's to diversify the narrative that is coming into your ear gates and to your eye gates. So diversify your Instagram feed, your TikTok, your Facebook. Start thinking about additional researchers, different scholars that you can look to to get information. And then the third thing is to actually do it. It's to take action. It's going to be a little bit scary and it's going to be maybe a little bit messy and sloppy, but it's, but it's action and it's imperfect. And it's going to give you clarity on the direction that you really want to go as you are making your podcast, the space where people are really getting what they need. And honestly, it's going to start to expand your listener base because I identify as a black woman. And although I have learned to sort through and say, okay, it's fine that there's only white women on this podcast. I can still get what I need. Why should I have to? Why should I always have to sort through? Like bring a black woman, bring a black man, bring bring someone that I can see my story reflected in. That's the best way to create a sense of belonging in this podcasting space. Absolutely. And I think we can, I know, as teachers, you think about your students, like, okay, is this book I'm reading or these books that I'm reading, are my students seeing themselves in these books? Now we can picture our podcast listeners, 
are all of our podcast listeners able to see themselves represented by the people that we have on our shows or the researchers that we talk about on our shows or the resources that we're sharing on our shows? So I so appreciate everything that you have said today. And let's make sure that we don't just listen to this conversation, but we actually take that last step of taking action and really getting out there and diversifying who you're talking to and what you're talking about and what who you're learning from. I think that's a huge takeaway from me for me is really diversifying the educators that I am going to for information. So Jocelyn, thank you so much for being here. I like I've already said, appreciate your time so much and just your approach to this conversation of really helping us understand all of this in a very compassionate way. And, you know, we're all on the same team here and I I so appreciate you. So thank you for being here. You are absolutely welcome. And thank you for having me on your show today. And before I forget, can you tell everybody, we've talked about your podcast, but can you tell everybody where they can find you online, like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok? Do you have a TikTok? Yes, I do, but I wouldn't follow me over there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on there yet. I would say, yeah, like, mm, I would say that I am most active on Instagram. My handle is at iteachcustom. You can also find me on LinkedIn custom teaching solutions, or you can go to my website, which is also custom teaching solutions.com. Perfect. And I think that probably for most of you listening, Jocelyn would be a great fit as a guest on your podcast. And I know that she does podcast guesting. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> I would love If it's to, okay with you, can I, can I include your email address in the show notes for anybody who wants to oh, reach yeah. out about that? Okay. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, once again, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.